The thoughts, opinions, and general overall shade thrown on Hyatt 9 News are those of the individual speakers and not those of Hyatt 9 News, its audience, or its advertisers. The statements made do not constitute medical, legal, or financial advice. And for advice tailored to your specific situation, please consult with a licensed professional. Welcome to the Hyatt 9 News Hour, where you will hear from cannabis industry experts and professionals from around the country talk about important topics while shining light on global issues and discussing cannabis as it relates to politics, regulation and reform, data and technology, science, research and medicine, family and parenting, art, celebrities and entertainment, fitness, sports, mental health and wellness and plant-based medicines and entheogenics. Together, we are building a stronger community, fighting the stigma and creating change. With your hosts, Jason Beck and Rico Lamite, joined by special industry expert correspondents from around the country and daily antics brought to you by Cannabis. Coming to you live every Monday through Friday at 9 a.m. Pacific time and high noon on the East Coast. And thank you all for getting high at nine with us. Oh, yeah. Good morning, everybody. It's Monday, August 28th, and today is National Bow Tie Day. So, you know, Earl, Congressman Earl Blumenauer is going to have a great day. It's also National Thoughtful Day, International Read Comics in Public Day. I don't, I, I don't understand the purpose of that day, but National Cherry Turnover Day, Gretchen, and National Red Wine Day. And... Are you guys ready for this, Rico? I don't understand why this is even a day at all. This this should be something that we do not celebrate, but it's also National Power Rangers Day. And go, go, Power Rangers. Yeah, that's the most dumbest show that America ever created. On top of, it's also National... America didn't create that show, dude. It, it, it did. <laughs> and Rainbow Bridge Remembrance Day. Thank you all for joining us and getting high at 9 with us. It's also high noon on the East Coast. And please remember to like, share, and subscribe to us on all social media platforms. Use that fancy little QR code right there in the top-hand corner of your screen to see where we live on the Internet. And we're live every Monday through Friday on YouTube. And uh, at some point in time, we'll be audio only on Twitter spaces. But today is not the day. And coming up first, that's right, it is the dope dad himself. That's right, it's Rico Lameet. Rocking the Zaddix hat, huh? Big Zaddy Zaddy vibes going on today over there, huh, Rico? Yeah. Oh, man, it's the dope dad himself, Mr. Rico Lameet. Oh, yeah, Jason. Oh, yeah. You know where I'm going today, man. Where are you going? going to Thailand, baby. You're going to Thailand? Let's go to Thailand, man. Oh, going back boy. to Phuket. You know, before a big fight, boxers <laughs> are known... <laughs> to deprive themselves from common human pleasures so they can be about on his edges be about on edge as humanly possible so they can be aggressive hungry damn near animalistic when they that opening bell sounds but ever since mike tyson showed the world that he was uh, actually serious about this whole cannabis entrepreneur thing um I'm sure I'm not the only one who wondered what it would actually be like if if you actually put boxing and weed together. Uh, but without being accompanied by traditional crossfade companions of alcohol and other drugs, fistfights and consumption of weed um, are about as natural a fit as snowstorms in Hollywood. 
And, um, you know, 2023 is going down as the year the world experienced a bit of both because professional boxing Hall of Famer, current cannabis aficionado Mike Tyson and his Tyson 2.0 company continue to roll out with the hits. This weekend, um, they were um, the all-star name brand backers of a groundbreaking venture in Thailand that they say seamlessly combines sports and cannabis culture like never before. It's called the Weed Boxing Championship. And with fighters required by the event to smoke a bong or hit a joint before participating, <laughs> it's nearly impossible for the human brain to fathom what kind of shit show this potential uh, shit show potential this thing has. Uh, the event was supposed to debut yesterday, August 27th, on uh, Koh Samoy, uh, Thailand's second largest island. Uh, but it's unque- unclear whether it actually did. And uh, more on that in just a second here. But the, the boxers involved sign up to engage in three three-minute rounds of action um, after token up in their prospective corners for a little mandated pregame sesh. And attendees at the event are also invited to fully immerse themselves in the cannabis-infused atmosphere and uh, get the opportunity to share in the same damn cannabis varieties the fighters on stage are consuming. Things crazy, man. Uh, a, a promotional blurb for the spectacle read: "The convergence of live entertainment, delectable cuisine, and the de- distinctiveness of the event itself renders the Weed Boxing Championship a multi-sensory extravaganza." The chosen venue, the Sumoy uh, International Muay Thai Stadium, is poised to accommodate the sizable audience, poised to make an unforgettable experience for all present. Before the weekend, promoters bragged that the fighters wouldn't have to worry about the scrutiny of anti-doping agencies like WADA or USADA. They did not, however, anticipate Phuket's finest would be the ones breaking up that party. Fresh off last week's smoke cannon-hating debacle, it seems local Thailand police were not feeling it. A quick trip this morning that went over uh, to the Weed Boxing Instagram handle and uh, their live feed from yesterday brought up a small, brightly lit boxing venue with flashing police lights all in the background, cops walking across the canvas, and a caption mid-screen saying, to be continued, dot, dot, dot. <laughs> Unfortunately, Tyson wasn't on the fight card, but was uh, supposed to be there to show love as a ringside ambassador of the cannabis cause, uh, partaking in the puffing parade with some of the contenders. Um, there's no mention on his uh, uh, on his website, on his uh, Instagram page, or anything like that about uh, the fight. One of the fighters uh, on his page is, is showing the promotions, but there's no updates during or after the sh- uh, after the show either. So uh, who knows if it went down? Uh, but either way, it's crazy as hell, and. Um, is what we come down to now, you know, former boxers getting together and uh, having professional fights in um, foreign countries and smoking weed before. You know, I, I don't know how I feel about that, but um, I want to hear from you guys. I'm Rico Lamite, Dope is Dad on the Street. A little lighthearted news to start the week off, but um, the fuck? <laughs> I, I, I'm confused. Is this event actually going on or is this postponed? Whoa, 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 whoa. He just said the F word. Why do I get in trouble when he gets a pass? Sean, stop it. I apologize. I did not mean to. Uh, Especially in the first story. But um, I I think it's veteran bias. I agree, Gretchen. 
It's, it, it, you're right. It is veterans bias. You're right. 100% for anyone that wants to believe I mean, that Jason's shit. Jason's an anti right. veteran, or maybe that's, he just yeah. likes exploiting veterans for his own needs. It's, yeah, yeah. That's and, it. And Sean, it sounds like you're anti affirmative action because I. <laughs> hey, hey, well, stop, 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 stop. Bullshit. Let me explain this. Let me explain this. I said this at Cal. I had a big speech on this in front of a thousand people back in 92. Or no, no, 93 or four when I, I don't even remember. I'm so old. We all know and that you're I old, I came Sean. out in support of affirmative action, and I believe affirmative action is important. Why? Because if you measure everything by a test score, you end up with a bunch of bookworms who bring you no diversity and have no perspective on life. You bring both, everyone around the table from all different walks of life, and you educate about perspective, and that's what's lacking in our country. So take it back. I'm a big believer in affirmative action but not elevating privilege of all different races to the table. Because if we get a bunch of rich black, rich white, rich brown right. people together, you still have no Sean, and, and, and what does any of this have to do with the story? Sean, Sean, I don't even we, know what we're talking about. Sean, we're, 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 all we're, I know we're, is Tyson we're, we're and Tyler. I apologize to me, Rico, for such slander. Stop, stop, stop the craziness, Sean. All right, so hold on. We're going the back slander. to talking about Tyson. I, lo I love you too. I love you too, uh, brother. Does anyone and, and, else and, and, not and care about no, this story? No, 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 no. I, I am humble enough and I'm secure enough. If that's going to calm Zegers my doesn't brother care down, enough, he left. I he love like you. And I'm sorry. I never do that. I'm okay with that, man. I love you and, and I apologize if that's going to bring you back. We're to nine where minutes in and this yeah, is yeah, a This is fucking stupid. Hey, straight up. Let's talk about Tyson boxing. No, no, we're done. We're going to the next story now we're going to the next story your story got hijacked by sean and you let him no, do no, it no no yeah, hold on no up. hold on yeah. hold on it seems yeah. that the, it seems like i, I have no idea all if right, the all, right all right all right rico happened. can i ask a question can, yes. So did i hear this correctly yes they are going to consume and then the audience members can consume what they're consuming that's part of the yes. stick <laughs> and what is the yes. point of this just stupidness how much is Thailand. the cannabis sponsorship for this event to be able to provide all the weed for this. That's what I want to know. Thailand. Yeah, well, I mean, there's plenty of weed in Thailand. I mean, that's and there's plenty and of California in, uh, cannabis there. Different language. It, it, it sounds like the uh, it sounds like the precursor to, to blood sport. <laughs> and they're there. they're allowed to do this in Thailand. <laughs> oh, you're allowed What's to do that? a lot of things in Thailand, Gretchen. <laughs> oh man. Oh, you're, you're not allowed hey, to blow the, the cannon. I don't want to know. I'm cannon. too innocent to know. Is, is that, yeah, is that what it's called? Yes, you believe in uh, believe in a, a non-reality, but that's a different thing. Hey, I got a comment in this. DWFW has a Thailand chapter. So we'll visit. come visit when you're out there. I'll go with you. That's, that's real. I'm, I'm with it, man. I'm with it. And I will not be participating. I might be in the crowd, though. I might be in the crowd for this, uh, this world boxing weed championship, whatever the hell it is. Whatever the hell it is. Hey, let's either... talk about. Can I have a question on this? Do we have two seconds? No, we don't. Sure. No. Go for it. What, Sean? We need as a, as a group to talk about maybe not on this show. What people in the chat are complaining about? Some people. And I'm going to leave no, it at that. Stop! 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 We that don't. That is stop. not the time yeah, or place. Yeah, you, but I would like Sean, to know how are they getting away with this in Thailand? Are you truly? They did, allowed well, to it looks like, like they this? didn't. It, no, looks, it looks like they it. didn't get away with it. Yeah. So they I mean, tried he, to do this thing and Thailand won't yeah. let it happen is what the story is. Yeah. It looks like the cops broke it up, uh, but there's no, there was no reports that it didn't happen or anything like that. I literally went on the Instagram page to, to, to get a clip on the, uh, um, on the show or to see who won and um, on their live 
from yesterday, 23 hours ago, it showed that uh, there's cops walking around the canvas and said to be continued. So, Chris um, Eggers, if you were a cop in Thailand, what would your take on this story be? I wouldn't. Uh, his, his, his take on the story would be how much am I getting paid to allow this go on is, is basically what his take Gretchen, is. Up, that's twice now. I'm going to say Gretchen picked on me twice now. That's, 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 we're already. Yeah, we're, we're going to uh, keep... You sit back and don't say anything. We're, I'm going to get you. Yeah, we're gonna, we're gonna... That was my strategy for quite some time. And I'm, I'm okay, I guess it... Yeah, we're going to keep out. We're, we're going to keep this show rolling. We're going to keep on moving. We're going to go to a commercial and we're going to be right back. How's it going guys? Saman Razani coming to you from Green Street here with Jason Beck smoking on the best weed in the world. Did you know that we have an audio only version of our podcast available on Apple, Google, Amazon, iHeartRadio and Spotify? Tune in now and check it out. Hey Jason. Stop with all the dumbass shit, Sean. Stop. Yeah, be quiet. Uh. you. Up next, <laughs> got some live action going on here yeah. on the can. <laughs> Apparently, more action than I uh, was going down in Phuket. <laughs> Way more coming action. To stage, coming to the stage is none other than <laughs> Donald Trump's number one cannabis industry supporter, and mm-hmm. he's also known for you know the, being the longest continuously operating. Lock him world. up. Lock him up. Mute mute Sean. Mute Sean. I was referring to Trevor Jason. Only the best every single day in, day out. Y'all know who it is. Jason back. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Here we go. Here, here, here we go. Are you guys ready for this one? Man, oh, man, oh, man. Sean, uh, just for you, just, just so you know, Chris Eggers, this story is just for you today, okay? All right, New Jersey cops are winning the fight to use cannabis while off-duty, they say. The first battle is the war over whether New Jersey law enforcement officers can use cannabis when they're off-duty is over, and the cops who want to partake in legal weed are winning, they say. Recent decisions from a state administrative law judge and the Civil Service Commission found in favor a Jersey cop who was just fired after she used cannabis with the judge ruling against the city's claim that it can fire officers even if they use the substance legally and not on duty. The decisions are significant not because they appear to be the first to wade into this controversy after a handful of local leaders come out against letting their officers partake in legal weed. They are also noteworthy because Jersey's city's Democratic mayor, Steve Fulop, is seeking to become the state's next governor. Fulop has ignored a 2022 memo issued by Attorney General Matt Plankin that says cops can use cannabis when they're off duty. The attorney for the officer in question did not respond to a request for comment. He is also representing three other Jersey City police officers who were fired using cannabis. Those three cases have yet to make it to the Civil Service Commission. Joshua Boucher, a Woodland Park-based lawyer who specializes in civil and cannabis litigation, called the city's associations here distasteful. And in a quote, he says, it's a travesty that Jersey City would press this case. There's no rational basis for it, Boucher said. And other states have grappled with the conflict between state and federal laws on cannabis in a wrongful termination case. The Nevada Supreme Court last year declined to recognize legal adult use cannabis use as a lawful activity within the court citing the federal 
federal ban on the substance. And in 2015, the Colorado Supreme Court held that state law not bar employers from firing employees who use medical marijuana off-duty, even when there is no evidence that cannabis use affected their job performance. A subsequent legislative push in Colorado to protect workers' use Workers who who use cannabis failed, and Norhan Mansour is the cop at the center of the commission's decision. According to the court's documents, she was chosen for a random drug test on September 20th of 2022 that turned up positive for cannabis. This was five months after the state's adult use cannabis market opened. During a disciplinary hearing in November, she conceded that she had ingested cannabis gummies the night before the test, and afterwards she was fired, the documents show. She challenged her termination, and the case went before the administrative law judge, Kimberly Moss. Attorneys for the Jersey City argued federal law bars its officers from possessing firearms and ammunition if they use cannabis, and that the federal law preempts the state's marijuana legalization law known as the CREAM Act, C-R-E-A-M-M Act. Look at that. Fullup has made those arguments himself, posting on social media back in April of 2022 in response to Platkin's memo that allowing officers to use cannabis off-duty would put the community at risk, in quotation marks. Fullup's view was echoed by other mayors, including State Senator Paul Sarlo, the Woodridge mayor, and Ocean County Sheriff Office, which also said it would bar its officers from using cannabis ever. In a quote, I have been a staunch supporter of legalization and we have made Jersey City the most flexible with regards to legalization for our community, but responsible protections for our officers and community is important. The trust between police community is fragile, Fulop wrote. Well, I don't think it's because they're using weed. It's because of other stuff. But nonetheless, in June, Moss ruled in, in Mansour's favor, and her decision notes the obvious conflict between the state's law and federal law, which still considers marijuana an unlawful controlled substance. But she said state is not required to enforce federal law, while state law directs police departments to comply with the CREAM Act, which bars employers from firing workers for using cannabis. Moss also noted that the city did not cite anything that showed off-duty cannabis use interfered with Mansour's job performance. In a quote, there is no preferred evidence that there was ever any reasonable suspicion of cannabis use on the job by Mansour, nor were there any purported signs of intoxication, suspected drug use, or impairment during work hours, she said. Moss recommended that the Civil Service Commission reinstate Mansoor, which it did on its August 2nd ruling. That decision is, is a, that decision also awarded Mansoor back pay benefits and attorney's fees. The city has not put Mansoor back to work, and it can appeal the commission's decision to the state's appellate division and Kimberly Wallace-Saclone, Fullop spokesperson said an, an appeal is in the works. James Shea, the city's public safety director, told New Jersey Monitor, the crux of the issue here is federal law that bars anyone from using firearms if they also use cannabis or other similar controlled substances, and the New Jersey police officers must be able to carry firearms, Shea said. So if federal law bars cannabis users from using firearms, they cannot be police officers, they say. And another quote, right now it remains illegal for anyone who uses marijuana to own a firearm, he said, adding the Civil Service Commission is telling me to rehire them and to rearm them by me reading my federal law they're telling me to commit a crime and they can't make a and they can't make me commit a crime he says shea said he does not believe the administrative law judge who heard mansoor's case properly addressed this issue 
And uh, Peter Paris, Monsoor's attorney, said in a brief with the Civil Service Commission that New Jersey police officers do not need federal approval to carry firearms. So even if a Jersey police officer lost their federal firearms license, they could still lawfully carry their weapons on duty. Boucher said he believes the city will lose in the end, and he hopes it's fight all the way up to the state Supreme Court so the justices can put the issue to rest, they say. There's no challenge. Uh, they were imp impaired on the job and that just that they were legally consuming, Bachner said. I don't know why Jersey City, of all places, would be the ones to challenge this, he says. Well, 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 Chris Eggers, what do you have to say about this? I've said uh, for quite some time, right? So you can, as as a cop, no one's going to blink an eye if you come to work generally. And I've worked in Oakland and San Francisco. I'm speaking more about my experience in San Francisco. You know, dudes come to work hungover, right? Under the effect of alcohol, but maybe not in the system at the time, right? Versus consuming cannabis where it's in your system, but you are not under the influence of it the next day. Um, so... I think each agency is going to kind of work it out how they work it out. But I think it's a little bit hypocritical um, when, you know, nobody, nobody bats an eye. Uh, very few people would bat an eye if an officer came to work hungover and is told, you know, that morning after lineup, hey, don't drive, let your partner drive today. And that's sort of like how that's dealt with. Um, you know, it, it's it's hypocritical, but we'll see how it shakes out. Each each city is going to run it differently. I mean, I mean, but 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 Chris, at the same time, too, I, I, I've heard these kind of arguments in the past, and I've also heard uh, narcotics officers make these same same arguments in regards to why they are going to enforce on cannabis, even when uh, municipalities tell them not to enforce on cannabis and to basically take a stand down. But yet they still pursue cannabis cases and and they and they use the same argument and i'm surprised that it hasn't been or maybe it has been used in this case but basically when you're a cop you you uh, take a few different oaths one is to the city and county for whatever you're working under the second is to the state to which you reside in and the third is to the federal government and is to uphold all of those different laws and so therefore i don't understand how this judge ruled saying that they can have their they can they can still maintain their firearm even though it's against federal law for them to right yeah i don't i don't know i think it's going to be it's definitely going to be a, a follow-up story i think because there's a lot of moving parts here mm -hmm. any thoughts on this rico gretchen sean let them smoke let them smoke the thought listen chris chris this is what we need to realize i'm so sick of the dishonest discussion there are a lot of bad cops there's a lot of good cops the system's corrupt it ain't just the cops you know thing and that's what we have to have a discussion if we don't fix this system we're going to lose our country and so the first thing we got to deal with is best public policy and to be honest with you you ask me cannabis would be a medication and a performance enhancer for our police force as a tool for those cops who want to smoke and i don't give it flying F what people think. And all the people who disagree who are cops, NWA, F those guys. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Well, I'll tell you what. I, I think this is a great branding opportunity for some brand in New Jersey because I would definitely put a cop on a package and call it call the brand Smoked. Hey, what about, <laughs> what about a WFW line for our police? who want to medicate with it. That's where I think this is heading. So, you, so, so you're talking about developing strains that are specifically for law enforcement, Sean? Okay, I'm so tired of these. 
specific strain so people can market <laughs> cannabis is cannabis i change up my shit all the time because i have to change up my strains for it to be effective or i just build a tolerance so this idea that there's one strain for one symptom is a bunch of bs i i don't think that that, that that's the thing is is that it's one strain for one thing i think it's more based on the terpene oh, profile stop everyone's trying to say i'm having what do you think that michigan study they were trying to do they were trying to, there was that one dispensary who sold, I'm selling the flower for the study. The study comes across as effective in some association of study BS. And then they say, my strength, what do you think Rick Doblin at MAPS is trying to do? Mm -hmm. But so, so on, on that, Sean, let's, let's, uh, man, where do, where do we even go with Sean? Sean, Sean is such a mess Let today. me talk the truth and get out of my way. Oh boy. Here we go. Yeah. Oh man. <laughs> What are you saying, Gretchen? I see you sighing. I said, I love it. I love it when you're backed into a corner and you got nothing to say. Keep going, Sean. Oh, God. I have the straps on, and I, I learned from Mr. Scott, uh, Senator oh, Scott Peter, how to put those on you. So I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. I bet. All right, move yeah. on. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna roll right <laughs> into our feisty redheaded conservative Gretchen Gailey. She's the founder Why am of Panoptic. She's the founder of Panoptic Strategies and. Our very own Washington Insider. My writer list here. Is gonna mean I have to be top three. You're gonna have to mute. You're gonna have to mute Sean. You're gonna have to just keep mute Sean muted. Um, it is Nothing. none other than the right. Gretchen Gailey. Okay, uh, uh, I picked this. I didn't really love it, but what the hell? I needed a story, and Jason was on my back. Here's my headline: Former Trump drug czar says top federal officials stopped FDA from scheduling kratom amid concern about agency's bias. As the FDA under the Trump administration prepared to propose federal restrictions on Kratom, a number of top officials intervened, criticizing the agency's bias and stopping it on the spot from moving ahead with the scheduling, a former White House drug czar said in a new interview. They did not give, did not have the entire facts. They did not have the science, said Jim Carroll, who served as director of the Office of National Drug Control Policy, or the drug czar, under President Donald Trump from 2018 to 2021. FDA did not paint the entire picture. Maybe they didn't have the entire picture, but everyone else did. Carol, who now works as a private lawyer and consultant, made the comments during a discussion with Mac Haddow, senior fellow at the American Kratom Association, who knew that existed, uh, during the National Conference of State Legislatures Summit in Indianapolis earlier this month. The former White House official said that as the Trump administration was considering whether to schedule Kratom under the Controlled Substance Act around 2018, FDA gave a presentation to his office that misstated the drug's risk profile and potential benefits. The agency was talking about Kratom being an opioid. We know that's wrong. It's flat out wrong, Carol said. They said that it's highly addictive. Johns Hopkins and other medical independent researchers have said it's no more addictive than a cup of coffee in the morning, which I had before this interview. Initially, Carol said he and others were inclined to defer to the FDA's expertise, I'm sitting there and thinking, okay, well, this is, you know, the FDA, the Food and Drug Administration. They know what they're talking about. Carol acknowledged that his office was relatively unfamiliar with Kratom. This wasn't a drug that's already scheduled. This is what they were seeking. So it wasn't something, you know, our office had a lot of experience with prior to coming into that. At the time, FDA was set to make a similar briefing to the DEA because that's one of the agencies that actually has to sign off on making a new controlled substance. But as the administration geared up to consider scheduling Kratom, Brett Gerard, maybe, 
then the Assistant Secretary of Health at the Department of Health and Human Services caught wind of the FDA's claims. According to Carroll, he said, don't let this happen. Nora Volkow, director of the National Institute on Drug Abuse, also got involved. And together, officials began reviewing available research and questioning the FDA's position. We stopped scheduling on the spot, Carroll said. They also began learning more about how Americans use Kratom, not as a drug of abuse, Carroll explained, but more as a drug of substitution. It actually helps people with opioid addiction. It works in the same part of the brain where opioids attach themselves and cause sedation, causing people to stop breathing, causing people to die. One government study showed that the vast majority of people are using Kratom for the right reasons. They're using it as a supplement, as a food, if you will, because it's a tea leaf. They're using it to get off opioids. They're using it to do what we're supposed to do, which is save lives. I would say, why not get these guys on our boat? I don't know who any of them are, but apparently they have some actual pool at the FDA and actually can get something done. I see Sean raising his hand and can't wait to jump into this. So please, Mr. Kiernan, what is your opinion on this topic? Well, I know Nora personally. I mean, there's a lot of people involved I know personally. But again, there's some real insiders and there's people acting like insiders. Basically, if you haven't figured out, the FDA is owned by Big Pharma. And Big Pharma does not want to see cannabis as a medicine. So the deal they cut with the people like Drug Policy Alliance and Ethel Needle Dick, um, excuse my language, Ethan was we're going to sell cannabis as a vice, tax the shit out of it to the government's going to have money they can spend. And we're going to use cannabis through regulatory capture like we have Big Pharma on the research side. And we're going to generate our money and keep cannabis industry poor because we don't want to create another big tobacco because our bureaucrats want control. If you haven't figured this out, you're blind, deaf, and dumb and don't belong being an advocate. Okay, so back to Kratom. Um, Kratom is a case study in exactly what I just said. Well, well, hold your horses here, Chief. My question would be, (laughs) hold on, hold on. So you're saying that they just didn't care about Kratom. Let Kratom go do it at once because it's not a threat. No, 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 no. Kratom is a substitute for big pharma, young lady. How, how, how? I got it. So if if the FDA is bought and paid for by pharma, why would they allow Kratom not to get scheduled? Why would they want that not to happen? That's what I'm trying to understand. Because you cannot have this natural plant medicine in the schedule because big pharma doesn't want it as medicine. They want to keep it outlawed. And so what they don't want is to give plant authority outside and deschedule any of this shit. Do I have to spell it out for you, little new cane, uh, you know, precious uh, insider? Yes, yes, please, please spell it out because I don't know what the fuck you're talking about. Oh, you can't yeah, reschedule cannabis because rescheduling cannabis keeps it. Oh, you get it? Same thing with Kratom. But it was never scheduled to begin with. So what? You're, you're right. They want to outlaw it and make it like a schedule one and put it under the authority of big pharma. What and sell you? But then why wouldn't they allow that to happen? Then yeah, then, then then they would put it as a schedule two if they wanted that to happen, Sean. I no 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 no. They want it to happen, uh-huh. and there's insiders who have figured it out, and they're stopping it. Thank you to someone on this show. Hold, hold on. Hold on. What, what what are you doing, Gretchen? Is she going to go feed her dog? She doesn't know how to speak back. She's been you put it in a place by a man, and she can't handle it. Oh boy, here we go. Oh shit! Wow. <laughs> gotta get into this shit. Oh man, you gotta. What are you talking about? I got my hat on backwards now. Let's do this. <laughs> Look at your brother I, come yeah. SummerSlam. I, I'm hey. missing it. So if they they were saying let's make this a schedule and drug, and they said 
Absolutely not. Why would they say no if pharma is the one who is telling them? Because we have good people. We have good people standing up in D.C. and fighting back. That was the Trump administration you're talking about right there, Sean. Okay, time out, time out, time out, time out. Just saying. Lock him up. I don't want to hear that clown who tries to use our medicine for his advantage. He ain't going to win because good people are going to stand up. He's 100% going to win. You are associated with a clown car. Oh, boy. Here we go. Here we go. We already knew yeah. that. Yeah, clown here car. we go. Is that a dumpster fire? <laughs> <laughs> it is the you know US what? government. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> yes. Gotta love it. Well, I mean, I... I, I hey, two men in the ring, one man leaves, Gretchen stepped up, all genders included, so nothing offense. I'm an old English guy, so man just I use for everybody. Gina, uh, uh, not Gina, whatever your name is, Gretchen. You still yeah. want to see the ring? Oh, boy. Let's do this. I feel, I feel like I, we've I don't have a problem you know what? Senior hey, I, mean, I feel like Let's this go. is the opening match to, for Mike Tyson in Thailand right here. I'll take Tyson on, too. <laughs> I mean, I'm just, you I'm know just what? saying. We'll suck the musket and we'll send all the money for veterans to the winner. I'll come out with a diaper like a sumo, sumo wrestler. Yes, yes. Queen, please make that happen. Oh boy! Oh boy! Hey, Jason, uh, yeah, we're gonna put this on our Patreon we page, and we're gonna we're gonna we're gonna charge charge tickets for this shit. We, we have room much. for that in the new studio, Jason. We gotta make Fun that fact, happen. I don't care. Yes, nice. yes. That that is that is very true. Um, All right. Do yeah, we're time for commercial. Yeah, we're gonna exactly, Gretchen. We're gonna go to a commercial. We're gonna be right back. The control tower from Highly Educated has perfected the dab. Utilizing the concept of thin film evaporation, you can waste none of it and taste all of it. The micro texture of the SE pillar increases nucleation at elevated temperatures. And with the tower propelling at 2600 RPMs, it's certainly the most efficient dab experience to date. The control tower from Highly Educated. Yeah, I'll explain it later. <laughs> oh, yeah, we're back. Make sure you hit that like button. Make sure you subscribe to the channel if you have not subscribed already. And also, too, make sure you head over to our website, www.hiatnine.news.com. Sign up for our newsletter. You'll get an email in your inbox. Hit confirm, and then you will automatically receive our newsletter on a regular basis. Uh, we did a lot of work over the weekend to get this all working back up and rocking for you. So I hope you all enjoy it. And with that, we're going to go into our next commercial. Keeping up to date on the evolving policies of relevant state, local, and federal governments is key to success. When the future of your business is at stake, you need representation as dedicated as you are. With a maze of laws and regulations surrounding cannabis, hemp, and psychedelics, knowing where to begin can be a challenge. Good thing the law offices of Omar Figueroa features a skilled, highly focused team ready to guide you through it all. They're accepting new clients in California and New York. So make sure you check them out at info at omarfigueroa.com. Yep, straight like up. Turn around I, don't I, don't mind, I don't mind punching okay. a cripple. Sean. Sh- <laughs> Easy there. Easy there. Up next, he is a fellow dope dad, former police officer, and now a security consultant at CC Security Solutions, here to help us all improve the our chances. The vet? What kind of BS is this? Shut the fuck up, Sean. <laughs> here to help us all increase our chances of survival. Coming to the stage, Chris Eggers, what you got, man? 
I'm just trying to stay out of trouble, man. <laughs> I mean, I mean isn't, isn't, happy Monday, happy Monday, everybody. Hold on, Chris, isn't, isn't that the cops' way of life? Just trying to stay out of trouble. <laughs> there you go, there you go, Jay. Uh, happy Monday to everybody, especially Sean. Okay. Um, <laughs> my article is a follow-up from one that I uh, talked about uh, in weeks prior. Uh, it's an update about a uh, shooting that happened in a Martinez at a Martinez dispensary um, as a result of a, a burglary and law enforcement got into a into a shooting. Uh, the headline reads that family activists push for release of body worn camera footage in Martinez police shooting of 20 year old. Um, it's been a little over a week uh, since 20 year old um, to um, Taman Wilson was shot and killed by Martinez police. It happened just outside Velvet Dispensary uh, in Martinez on August 18th after police say their video alarm, the dispensary's video alarm was reported to go off around 3.30 a.m. And that uh, appears to be how the call got initiated to law enforcement. Uh, Martinez police said that an SUV fled the scene and shots were fired. Police say that a second car attempted to flee before crashing into a fire hydrant. Um, Wilson's brother was also wounded. Uh, this is a quote from Adante Pointer. He's a civil rights attorney uh, in the in the San Francisco Bay Area, and he said, "quote He had a front row seat uh, to watching it strike his younger brother in the back of the head." Um, civil rights attorney Adante Pointer, who was representing the Wilson family, says that both men were unarmed and were shot at from behind while the car was leaving the scene. Uh, I don't believe that those are details that we had when we originally reported on this article. Um, Mr. Pointer further says this is a tragic, tragic, tragic situation that should not have happened if the officers had used restraint, followed their training, followed the policies and quite frankly, followed the law. Um, that's why he, along with another nonprofit advocating for the victims of police brutality called Together We Stand, are calling for the release of body worn camera footage under the state law, uh, which must be released within 45 days of the shooting. Uh, Together We Stand executive founder. Um, uh, Fernandez said that we're looking forward to the body-worn camera footage being released because unfortunately in the past, the narrative that law enforcement gives is not always what happened. The California Department of Justice, as we reported earlier, is investigating the shooting. Um, and in Martinez, it's called a ripple effect. It caused a ripple effect for the department staffing. We've talked about low staffing levels uh, previously. Vice Mayor Mark Ross says that the city's optimal staffing level for the police department is 37 officers. Up until Friday, they had about 30 to 31 officers. I'm wondering why they can't have an exact number, but okay. Uh, but after the four officers involved in last Friday's shooting were put on administrative leave per protocol, that brought the total available police force down to 26 to 27 officers. Um, Ross said, quote, that has been alleviated with the help of mutual aid from surrounding agencies who are filling in some of the vacant spots. So we feel very comfortable with the level of staffing right now. And the citizens of Martinez shouldn't be too concerned about that, he said. Um, and he says that over the past 12 months, the city council voted to update their body worn camera equipment. Um, that's my follow up story for you on this Monday uh, morning. I hope everybody had a great weekend. Uh, curious to see what my correspondents think about this article. Uh, I think this is going to be a developing story. One of my main points about this generally uh, for the cannabis industry is that it's important, I think, for operators to understand that when and if situations happen at your facility, one of the byproducts of that could be a civil litigation, whether you're involved or not. But disruption, disruption to business at a minimum um, is, is likely occurring here or in similar cases. So I just wanted to bring that uh, to the attention of folks because... I think a lot of times we look at, you know, the threats to a cannabis business is the burglary or the robbery or the bad act. 
but there's a ripple effect that can cause disruption to business and further uh, loss of revenue and, and other things going on. Employer retention, things of that nature can happen as well uh, as a byproduct of, of um, retail crime. And again, I don't think we have a, I don't think this is a cannabis problem specifically. I think this is a retail problem that we see all across the board, uh, various other types of uh, facilities and businesses being targeted. Well, thank you for, uh, for, for continuing continuing to cover this story. Uh, um, Chris, I think that um, uh, releasing that, 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 that body cam footage is exactly what they need to do to at least get some clarity on what happened, what didn't happen. Um, it's just a lot of shady shit. It's a lot, of, and, and, and somebody's not saying something. I'm across the board, and um, the, the the fact that they did not specifically say certain things. They did not. They, they said they thought he had a gun on him, and like, come on, man, like what he of, was killed. Rico, yeah, sorry, Rico, but to your point, that's what my article that we originally reported on this referenced that the passenger of a vehicle had a firearm per that article. So thank you for bringing that point up again because we're not sure. Sean, please. Listen, I mean, I think one of the core of the problems is police unions, which create the thin blue line. And therefore, we don't have an accountable police department. If we had an accountable police department, you would weed out some of the bad actors or more importantly, less trained actors. Um, we need better training. We need policy that doesn't dump every societal ill on the police to enforce and I am sorry, we do not live in Europe to some of the comments like they don't do shit in Europe. Sending police out without firearms in America is the dumbest thing. You're going to have a bunch of dead cops and you're not going to have people want to join the police department because they don't want to get shot. The fog of war is real. These police are uh, you know, made to meet split second decisions. And so how do you hold them accountable with the freedom to be humans. And I think the police unions have taught and trained these police officers what to say, how to say it are blatant lies to protect themselves as the backlash continues. And I'll leave it at that. But I will tell you, disarming police or de-weaponizing them in America, which is, is AKA crazy town with over the 350 million weapons we have on the street, <laughs> you're gonna have the power. Is what you're gonna have. Go ahead, Chris. So, no, please, Gretchen. Well, I was gonna ask you a question, which is, I guess, semi relevant here. Is why, when we know all cops have body cam footage, do they keep doing this shit? Oh, like shooting people, beating them up? Or do they forget they're wearing a camera? I don't understand why we keep hearing about incident after incident where they lie and then you get the body cam footage and it's like, for real, what the F? Great, great question, Gretchen. And, and, and my comment was going to be uh, exactly on that topic. So one, one of the things I can tell you from my, this is my own personal opinion and personal experience, um, but having been a field training officer up until the point of leaving San Francisco PD, one of my biggest frustrations was the bar continuing to lower. So uh, to Sean's point, there isn't a, and I don't think he said this exactly, but um, you know, there isn't a long line of people lining up to go and fill these vacant positions. There's just not. And we can debate about what the reason is. But my point is, there's just not a long line of people signing up to fill these positions. So what happens is the bar continuously lowers and whether it lowers officially or unofficially is also up for debate. But I can tell you that I trained recruits 
Um, and we have to do what's called a DOR, a daily observation report. Every single day, I've got to grade you and judge you on a plethora of, of uh, categories. And I've got to write a narrative and justify why I say this person should or should not be a police officer. Um, this is exiting the academy when you're in the field training program, which can run somewhere between four and six months, depending on the agency. And I absolutely had recruits sitting in the car with me where we drive to the field training office. And I'm like, this person should not be a police officer. They should not have a gun, you know, for these reasons. Um, and they pass them anyway. It's not my call if they get passed or not. Um, they only can go off of what I say, but it just didn't matter. In some, in very, some very specific cases, what I said did not matter. I said specifically, this person should not be a police officer, documented in my daily observation reports, which I'm not sure is available to public record or not, but something that I'm curious about as I'm saying this. And the bar continuously lowers. And so I think, you know, Gretchen, we're going to continue to see, um, unfortunately, things like this occur and, and other bad things happen because not completely as a result, but as part of a result of that bar continuously being lowered to fill those bodies. They just want somebody with a pulse. Honestly. I mean, it's, it's pretty scary. And it's part of the reason that I became incredibly frustrated with the profession and wanted to leave was, you know, the, the person next to me was um, not qualified to be there in my opinion. Interesting. Um, Interesting. Uh, Chris, Chris, are, are police departments still getting the leftover surplus from war stuff? Are we still seeing uh, them getting like, like tanks and shit like that that we're um, seeing a plethora of them having early on in COVID? Um, I didn't see that. I mean, I, I'm not saying no, Rico, but I didn't see it. But I, you know, worked in Oakland and San Francisco, two places that. That's one of the know, biggest war zones in America right now. Say, Jay, I, I said that's one of the biggest war zones in America right now, San Francisco and Oakland. I mean, like, I, you know, I know San Francisco and Oakland both have, um, I think Oakland calls it the Bearcat, but, you know, armored vehicles for SWAT operations and things like that. But as far as like a surplus, I, I didn't see, I don't see. No, that's how, that's that. how, the, that's how they receive them is because, is because they, they're of the surplus. That's how they receive them in the first place. I have a question. You act like you know what you're talking about, Jason. I do know what I'm talking Listen, about, Sean. They, they're disarming these things. There's been congressional movements to disarming these vets, but I got to be real. If you're in Chicago, I want an MRAP <laughs> if I'm a cop. The question isn't the MRAP, it's how it's used. And the problem is drug policy. We're putting these cops in to say no drugs. And what really is about keep those people out of my neighborhood, the rich people. And Chris, I did say the recruiting issue and the other people that have a recruiting issue is the military. And that's where is our best ally at the federal level. Insiders wanna know, I know what's going on. The uh, chief of staff is our best ally in getting cannabis normalized. Discussions ongoing. What's your, what, what's your question, Zaza? Yeah. Yes, I did have a question. So um, I know this is about the body cams. I, I see it a problem because even with body cam footage and a lot of cases that we've seen play out um, just on the news, even with the body cam footage, these police officers are still not um, being held accountable. So what's the difference? I mean, if they have the body cam footage, just like with George Floyd, they have over 10 minutes of footage of him on this man's neck. And this still was, you know, it just went on and on and on, questioning the footage as if 
you know, we didn't see what we all saw from all different angles, from all those different cameras. So what is the point of having them if they can disarm them or even use footage that doesn't account to anything? Well, agreed. Great, great comment. My, my, my follow-up to that would be what I hope doesn't happen um, is, is internally law enforcement agencies not wanting to fire or not firing officers that should be because of, again, of the retention issue. Um, and I, I think, you know, Oakland PD recently had some headlines around the chief being fired uh, because of, you know, alleged cover ups with respect to misconduct and, and not disciplining properly. So, you know, that's a trend that I hope is is not coming um, because accountability, I think, is is absolutely key. And any any, in my opinion, any real working cop that's out there doing the right thing would would totally agree. I mean, transparency is. Is absolutely paramount uh, with law enforcement. Great comments. Uh, thank you. And you know what, uh, Sean, I agree with you 100% that the police unions are the, are the problem. See and it. they go out there and they put out that, um, they put out the rhetoric that's a lot more divisive or divisive to, to the communities and everything. I, I think that really burned into my mind was when Eric Garner was choked out for selling Lucy's in, in, in New York. And then the first thing you saw was police union coming to his back. Um, and all the press conferences saying that, you know, they were defending themselves and all that other stuff, man. Like, hey, hey, that's the Rico. one union that I really can't mess with, man. Like, I, I, Rico, it's, it's not all just, unions. It's not just po police unions. Talk about the SEIU, the UFCW. Exactly. It's all unions. Hey, hey, Jason, let the man speak. Hurry up, Sean. I'm about to about hey. to about to announce you. So just hurry up because you're cutting into your time. Well, why am I going before the queen? Let the queen go. What, what are you talking about? I don't about? walk in front of the queen. The queen what, should go next. I'll what, go last. You, what are you talking about, bro? Is, is the you don't, queen you, talking? You don't, you, don't, you don't even know what you're talking about, Sean. What are you Let's talking about, there. me? Sean. All right, coming up next is Mr. Sean Kernan. He's the president of Weed for Warriors. And he has... CEO. What? What? CEO. Use my proper title. Oh, CEO of Weed for Warriors, the largest veterans access organization in the nation. Oh, yes, that's right. It's Mr. Sean Kernan. He has a special announcement he wants to share about SB 34. Let me get to my story first. Uh, my story is from <laughs> MJ so cranky Pizzi. today. Can you be quiet? SB S&P discontinues Canadian international cannabis stock indices. Shock. Two indices tracking the performance of cannabis businesses on North America's largest stock exchanges have been discontinued amid waning investor interest in marijuana stocks and billions in losses suffered by the companies because we were given a horrible system. It didn't work out. The S&P TSX Canadian Cannabis Index was decommissioned with little fanfare earlier this year after being launched on January 20th, 2020, as spokesperson for S&P Dow Jones Indices confirmed. I'm going to leave it at that because I give the cliff notes versions. I don't need to go on to ad nauseum. We all understand what's going on. Okay? Let me give you a little insider information. A lot of these ETFs are ways that insiders sell and hedge out their insider stock they can't sell. And right now, you got a bunch of public companies that are going to zero because there's they've been outward capitalized. And anyone who wants to question my, I spent almost 30 years as a hedge fund manager in the finance world of J.P. Morgan, Ernst & Young. I ran... Billions of dollars. 
aggregate. I know these people personally. We were given a fraud. And now the truth is coming home to roost. I'll leave it at that and open up to questions. And on SB 34, we have to renew it next year. I'm not sure I'm down for renewing it. And I can explain why on the next show. But I'm not going to let SB 34 be a placard giving away a couple thousand bags and acting like we're solving an issue when you have a serious access issue and an illicit market that's being boomed because we don't have access. I'm not going to let them use compassion to market their bullshit. All right, Sean. I mean, Rico. Uh, I mean, this. Yeah, I mean, this the, the, and, and with Poseidon just losing their ETF, yeah, right? Right. This this all yeah. ties into exactly with this 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 whole story, right? Yeah, isn't that what I said? Isn't what I said when I when I covered the the, the Poseidon thing? It was mm-hmm. just that was a, a leading indicator. Like all of these quote unquote weed indis, indices or indexes um, are crashing because there's only a certain you know basket of publicly traded companies and let's get I mean, let's keep it a buck like the majority of those msos that are trading and everything like they don't put out good product they don't have any connection to the actual uh, cannabis community so um the, they're just going to go up and down with the market and, and whatever happens in these uh mainstream idea stories is, is tied directly to safe banking tied directly to uh, whatever uh, topic of the day um, mm-hmm. uh, that will push federal legalization or not. And it's just going to be an emotional play. So, I mean, there's there's no real emotion supporting the cannabis movement right now uh, when it comes to investor seg- uh, sentiment. So all of them are con- going to continue to crash, period. It, it, it's just the way that it is. And we're going to see more of this. People are just going to be divesting away from it. You can still get in on the individual stocks, but it's, it's, it's pointless to have an index when everything is going up and down together. You know what I'm saying? Which is why I always say, and Enrico's favorite words, this is not financial advice, but I always say just short them all. It's the best thing you can do with those things. Well, the problem with the short is you need a short. Most of these things are about, and the borrow is expensive. You're going to pay 30 to 35% on the short to borrow. And what, how Wall Street makes a lot of money is they print short stock, get paid, and then they have short squeezes, and that's how that one fraudulent Sun company up in Canada has like 200 millions in cash. They were part of the short game, but hey, I don't want to yep. deal, with it, you know, hurt anyone's feelings about what's really going on. So we can do a whole session on this because this is only hey, the hey, news Sean. channel. Sean, you and I, you you and I were in a financial services industry, like, like the whole thing. You know, you watch the Wolf of Wall Street. You watch like all these, uh, like uh, you know, I know uh, money the Wolf talks. of Wall Street. Yeah, you, we 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 all see all that shit, and they, they demonize you know the pump and dunk, uh, the pump and dumps when it comes to penny stocks and everything. The whole system is a pump and dump. The whole damn they game, know. it's a fraud. The whole damn game is rigged from the jump. Capture the SEC rules are used just like the FDA rules. Yeah, mm-hmm. and it's just if you are a larger company, you have uh, more people. You know more trading volume and all that stuff. You're just not and seeing. You know what as the biggest industries donated to DCR that allows them to get these rules written? Big Pharma yep. and Wall Street. How do you think they get the regulations put in place to make us their slaves? And 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 and, and, and work for them. Did you know and, and, Fox News, Fox Channel, seventy five percent of Fox's advertising revenue was from Big Pharma a couple years ago? Why do yeah, you think I they did know that? OPS? 
I did know and, that. And, and and what is it? Uh, and you look look every other commercial on Fox News, Newsmax, and all that stuff. They're pumping that gold bullshit. Uh, funds that, that they're doing, they're all under investigation for fraudulent. Look at Joe uh, Rogan pumping those dumb it's, brain pills. He's no no different than the tinfoil hat clown who got in trouble for denying guns and, and all the stuff. And when's the last time? When's the, when's the last time they brought up uh, um, uh, uh, reining in, you know, uh, or stopping Congress from insider trading? Like, when's the last time we heard about that? Like a few months, a few months back. Hey, like, here's, I got a bunch Nancy of news on made that. Hey, million dollars. Hey. What, hey. <laughs> I know, listen, we got to do, St. G, I'm going to break all, we're going to talk about this stuff with St. G. Rico, you should be on it. I'm with it, man. Oh, boy. Oh, boy. Burn it down, Jason. Burn down all the system. Burn it down. You got any thoughts on this, Gretchen? No. Okay. All right. Gretchen has nothing. Chris Chris has nothing. He's holding his tongue. Bet on the house. Okay. Telling you, short them all. Short, short, short them all. Don't bet on Jason Bet. He will never pay a bet. Don't get that twisted. He's a credit concern. I'd stay away from bets. God, here we go. Uh, But coming up. Anyone who has debt with Jason, I will buy it for 10 cents on the dollar. Goodbye. Goodbye. Goodbye, Sean. Have a good day, buddy. Uh, Minnesota's marijuana tax revenue surpasses $500,000 in its first month of sales. According to the state's first month of receipts due on August 20th, the Minnesota Department of Revenue has received $594,461 from 571 businesses through August 21st. According to the Department of Revenue, the sales tax is is projected to provide $15.4 million in additional funding to the state's general fund in fiscal year 2024. In 2025, the projection raises to 50 million and in 2026, $84 million is expected. Located on tribal lands, currently only Red Lake and White Earth Nation have the only legal dispensaries to sell marijuana, flour, and edibles that contain more than 10 milligrams of THC per serving in them. On its first day of sales, Native Care in Red, Le- in Red Lake saw long lines for its products and has since expanded hours to Saturday and are establishing a mobile dispensary similar to a food truck. Currently, adults can possess and travel within Minnesota's borders with two ounces of cannabis flour, eight grams of concentrate, and 900 milligrams of THC containing edible products commonly found in gummies, seltzers, and whatnot. Meanwhile, they can have up to two pounds of cannabis flour at home. However, cannabis products purchased on Indian reservations from a seller licensed by the tribe are exempt from the specific tax. Sales by or for a patient enrolled in the state's medical cannabis registry program are also exempt, and tough legal usage of marijuana is still limited in public places with both Duluth, Wright County, and other communities enacting policies limiting its consumption since legalization. As part of the new law, 20% of revenues from the gross receipts tax will go to the newly established local government cannabis aid account in a special revenue fund, they say. Well, 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 Minnesota did 500K. I don't really think that's a lot of money, but whatever, they're making it a headline. What do you guys think about this? Uh, well, I was falling asleep because you're just killing me today, Jason, but... Did you I say bet. how many how many shops are open in Minnesota? Did it matter? That's, now that's the part with Minnesota I'm so confused on because they only have yeah. the two Indian tribes, right? Okay. And so well, if I'm an Indian tribe, if I'm an Indian tribe and I'm selling weed, why am I paying the state any money? 
in taxes at all, period. Why? Why would I, I be? Uh, you, saw what la- you saw what happened last time they didn't try to pay up. Um, so what, are you talking get, like the get, Trail of Tears? What are you talking about? No, they get more shit taken away from them. Every time they get more shit taken away from them and they have more, more of the um, uh, uh, local cops and shit like encroaching or the federal cops like encroaching on their land and mm. arresting people and all kinds of other shit like it's harassment and it's wrong. But um, they're not going to rise. They're not going to rise up. They, you know what I'm saying? Like, Yeah. What, what, what are you going to say, Sean? What are you going to say? What happens if you, what happens if you rise hey, up against this her? Is, this is the problem we have. They're going to probably, the reality is all these states are going to be dominated by the illicit market. When you decriminalize possession and, and try to restrict the supply chain, and they're going to tell, just like California says, oh, we raised a billion in taxes. It's going to be a fraction of this this year and next. But what they're not telling you is a percentage of cannabis sales are like 29%, which is dead last, right? And so their taxes are putting untaxed cannabis in the illicit market, and there's this thing called the Laffer Curve, and they're not maximizing tax the revenue. Curve. We discussed this letter. Yep. Someone smart needs to get into politics and change this game. I agree with that. Jesse part. Ventura for Emperor. Oh, boy. Jesse Ventura, no. <laughs> no, the Laffer, the Laffer Curve He's is not real. better than Jesse. Mm-hmm. I believe it's actually pronounced the, the Fur Curve. Problem is, Jesse's one of these Navy. Uh, seals guys and they've got some tax toxic masculinity problems we can discuss all the stories there's with no them such thing as toxic masculinity day. bro that's the most ridiculous there stuff is I've absolutely ever heard. No toxic way. masculinity there's and there's no toxic thing. femininity there's toxic people stop it and it's not a gender issue stop it stop all right it. given yeah. all this toxic masculinity exactly. i gotta go yeah Y'all are exactly toxic today. anonymity yeah hey, exactly it's ratings you guys are boring without me i love you oh boy yeah, Sean the Body Kiernan, you're oh, coming boy. in strong today. Thank you all for joining us for another episode of High Nine News. You can catch us live weekdays, 9 a.m. Pacific, High at Noon on the East Coast. Big shout out to the super fans showing love, getting their comments live on the big screen, and a lot of audience members supporting and catching us across all media platforms. Tuning in each day to the headlines of chaos. To our vetted correspondent team tuning in from all over, bringing us much needed variety of perspective and your respected opinions to the table. Our production team, Cloud Media Partners, House of Fuego, and all our sponsors keeping the head, keeping the lights on. And uh, AV struggles to a minimum. Of course, the lovely Jaja Simone tapping in. Love to hear your voice this morning, Jaja. Sad I missed you this weekend. But um, always, Cannabis Sativa L, the reason the Hyatt 9 News team reads these headlines every single day. It has been Monday, August 28th. 2023 the show's over and you've all been blessed with the top industry headlines hopefully it was enough for you to put in your pipe and smoke at least until monday uh, at least until tomorrow <laughs> my name is rico let me the dopest dad on the street and um we're gonna give it to uh chris eggers today man what you got for us brother got some good news for the people he's not there bro he's already gone you only got sean and me he's smoking cracks yeah he had he had a call oh, you got the final word today you, you got you you got 30 seconds right now sean give it all you got let's just, just give us a grand finale what you got for us brother i am done playing games weed for warriors is in the house and if you got a problem with it step into the ring one two men in one man leaves all genders included in that I do not give an F if you haven't figured it out. We are disintermediating the frauds. You got to fire. Are you a fraud or are you real? If we disagree, get in to the, we're going to be doing a sesh. Blunt talks, I like to call my sesh. Come challenge me.
streaming boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. Oh boy. <laughs> it's going to be live on our Patreon. Make sure you go check it out. Yes. 